Blog Talk Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys, and on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. (laughs) I would love to also hear from you. You can send me an email at SaturdaysWithJoyKeys at Hotmail.com. Congratulations to, I think it was uh, Hersey, he won a book. Uh, recently, you too can win a book, you can win records, you can win tickets, you got to follow me on social media. And now the show can be heard not only on Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, um, on uh, Stitcher, on iTunes. So wherever you happen to be listening to your favorite music and you say, you know what, I'm tired of this, I want to switch over, look for Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. All right? I hope you enjoy. Well, today I'm speaking with someone from across the pond, as they might say. Um, she's a great writer, a Nigerian-British writer. Her debut novel, Butterfly Fish, won a Betty Trask Award. Um, she was named at the London Short Story Festival by Booker Prize-winning author Ben Okri OBE as a dynamic writing talent to watch and feature in the Evening Standard magazine as one of London's exciting new authors. Her current collection of stories, Nudie Branch, which includes her AKO Kane Prize winning Grace Jones story is published by Dialogue Books. She is also a fellow of the Royal Society of Literature and so much more I could say, but you should go check her website out. It's arenasonokoji.com and you will find so much good yummy stuff there. But good morning, Arenison. Morning, Joy. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that great introduction. <laughs> that was lovely. Um, thank you for taking the time, and I should say good afternoon to you because it's like 4 p.m. in the afternoon there, right? Yes, it is. Yes, we're just late afternoon here in London. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, like how I know. 4 p.m. and I'm like early morning and somebody else is I like know. sleeping right now? <laughs> it's incredible. Like when you were like, good morning, I was like, god damn, it's like late afternoon here. But like wondrous <laughs> to know that you guys are just like waking up to a lovely bright morning and that the day is full of possibilities, you know. So exactly, um, yeah, exactly. it's, it's amazing. This is just like your book almost, you know, if you think about your book and dealing with like this particular book, you know, dealing with time travel, um, dealing with where people are, um, where they think they are. And and earlier we were just talking about perception and um, who, how people perceive us, how we perceive ourselves and how that really is different sometimes. And your book is yeah. dealing with those things. People are looking at different characters in one way, but then they become something else and morph over and travel through time. It's just, I felt like I dropped some acid. 
I mean, really. <laughs> I'm I so like, glad you said that. <laughs> I, I I've done my job. It. Yeah. I, I started reading like, uh, wait a second. Let, let me go back to that. But she said that the, and the door opened and then, and he turned, what, why is he killing? Oh my God. The baby has what coming out of it? Oh my goodness. So, wow. Anyway. Well, this is this is so great for me to hear because what I'm hearing is like the fruits of my labor. And, you know, it's a really, <laughs> it's a, it's a very, you know, people have said to me, this book is so trippy. Like, you know, I feel like I dropped some LSD um, <laughs> going into your world. But I do like to create these like marvelous, wondrous worlds um, where you see people going through transitions, you know, transformations, people are on the cusp of change. And, you know, what does that feel like what does that look like both psychologically um, as well as in the real world but of course in my writing that can take on you know a, a variety of um, forms and dimensions because I'm as I said I think I'm really fascinated by human beings and just the kind of the strange things we do to cope but also I'm interested I was saying to you earlier I'm, I'm interested in blackness I find blackness is fascinating but you know the ways people perceive blackness can be frustrating as well so mm -hmm. this book I think what it does is is I think it shatters like perceptions of you know what you expect um, also what you expect from a black writer I think um, I'm really in my work trying to push the boundaries uh, in terms of ideas, in terms of language, um, in terms of form. So um, hopefully, I, I think it's a it's a really innovative book. Um, yes. And you know, yeah, it's not what you're uh, expecting. I, you know, if you, you could say when you, somebody's going to say, well, how can you describe the book? Well, what what is she talking about? And I was like, everything. She's talking about everything. Like, I love that you said like, that. In a good way. You know what I mean? Like. You know, maybe right, you want to right. eat the vomit. I know that sounds gross, <laughs> but it's like, whoa, the pretty colors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Dude, I, I, right? often, I, I often say, I describe it sometimes as it's like a kaleidoscopic ride really this book you know I'm particularly censuring women um, especially black women because I feel like I was saying earlier that you know the depths and the beauty the colors of our lives um, often don't get really treated in the way they deserve to um, so I'm doing that with these stories uh, and of course blackness is a part of it but it's not like I'm hitting you over the head with it you know I think no, the way no. the way it's well, explored is really great. subtle Let's talk about the yeah. Jones story because that's the one that won you the prize. But for me, to be honest, some of the other stories in the book were, I was like, really? That's the one she won? But did you guys read this other one? Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, no, but it, it is a good story. I, I think what it had the balance of the reality and then the, yeah. and then the, the, the surreal, you know, fantasy thing going on. Why don't you tell the audience right. briefly, you know, what's the story about? And, and we talked about, would you mind reading some of, the story. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so the, the story is about a, a young woman called Sidra who looks like Grace Jones, like physically looks like Grace Jones. And, um, you know, her side hustle is being a Grace Jones impersonator. But Sidra has a very dark secret from her past uh, that traumatized her. Uh, and the story is really about, you know, the impact of trauma and how Sidra deals with it and how she processes it. And of course, human beings often can deal with trauma in really unexpected, strange ways. Um, mm -hmm. And Sidra does. 
So um, it's really about that uh, and this idea of wearing masks as well and trying to, trying to heal from trauma, but also sometimes actively playing a role in reenacting that trauma, which Sidra does. Um, I won't spoil exactly what she does for the audience so that they can read the story, but okay. yeah, it's essentially about that. But again, um, you know, coming at it, hopefully from an exciting and fresh perspective, uh, because when I was thinking about, you know, I love Grace Jones, for example, you know, this androgynous, um, fearless artist and what, she, and, and what she represents. And I thought, well, if you're creating a character who, who's an impersonator, you know, who would be a good character that you could kind of hide yourself under? And, of course, Grace Jones is a brilliant character because, you know, she is essentially like somebody from another dimension. Um, you know, so she's – and I'm, I'm always interested in artists who push the boundaries. So Grace felt like a great choice uh, and a great vehicle to be able to use to tell the story. So um, okay. I can read like a little bit yes. of an excerpt yeah, please, from definitely. it. Definitely. Um, so I'll read like a minute or two. There was a building that remained a husk, a blackened charcoal carcass gutted from the inside out. The carcass leaned against the heavens in protest at its losses, at its snatched internal sky tainted with the fingerprints of one last daily procession, rituals of the living. And while the world slept, Awoke, the cities hummed with chaos and order. Rivers began in cotton pockets, cupping slackened fists. The waters undulated into lost reflections. The gods got high off the colors from the seas. The equator adjusted itself only slightly. The stars twinkled in haphazard collusion. The mountains dappled by hamatan winds that became personal directions. The building remained, an artificial gut bathed in degrees of light, lodged in the stages of a day. The building was a hollow within a carcass, within a husk, within a world, within a galaxy, a series of crooked boxes bearing in size, inside each other, where the gift was always the same, always attached to a bottom that had gone missing. On each floor of the husk, Sidra was running backwards to the late afternoon of a day, it had been slap-packed into cardboard boxes filled with sellotape. On each floor, Sidra peeled off the sellotape, the sound a split in the air whose line couldn't be traced. She removed items from the box. The late afternoon that day was made up of ingredients for cake, eggs, flour, butter, sugar, tinfoil, a whisk, vanilla. On each floor, Sidra ran to the window where she stood in costumes made of tinfoil. On floor one, she was covered with eggs, screaming. On floor two, she was drenched in flour, howling. On floor three, she was soaked in butter, melting as a heat intensified while the whisk whirred ominously on the periphery, and so on. Grace Jones's La Vie and Rose played on a radio that wasn't plugged in anywhere. Instead, the plug sprang from the bottom of the building like an untethered electrical root. The husk shook. On each floor, Sidra grabbed the whisk. Lost scenes fell out from the window. Water was inadequate. Hoses throbbed with adrenaline and burned hearts. Death traps. The lifts became stuck all over again, spewing firemen's costumes like overgrown fabricated insects, like Genesis on speed. Everything escalated quickly. Ashes assembled into figures crawling on the skyline before colliding with traffic, which destroyed them all over again, fraction. 
the flames rose, the bottoms of the crooked boxes were set alight. Debris became glowing cinders that walked. A dot appeared on the galaxy. The draftsman held a flame angled like a stick of lead, like a tool that could change guys at any point. I'll stop there. Wow. I mean, I just, like, got into it again, just hearing you read it and, like, imagining the pictures. I used to be a Doctor Who fan. And um, oh, wow. that's another thing I, I used to think about. I'm a nerd. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I love it. You're like a sci fi nerd. And I'll yeah, I like comic books. I know. Amazing. I, I need some help. Um, anyway, I used to like Doctor <laughs> Who. It's my father's fault, really, because he, he got me to sci-fi. I mean, I was reading Ursula Le Guin when I was, like, in high school. Oh, before then. she's incredible. I mean, oh, my, oh God. my God, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, why are you a writer? I, I mean, from that I can say, yes, I know why you're right. But when did it happen? When did you say, yeah. okay, I'm going to do this instead of being a doctor, a lawyer, right. you know, a, yeah. a real estate mongol? Like, wh- you know, what happened? <laughs> Well, the thing, the thing, I mean, I've always, I was a voracious reader as a kid, you know, and when I, when I moved to England and I started going to boarding school, um, books were the thing that saved me when I felt really out of place and lonely, mm-hmm. you know, I made friends, but books just transported me into a whole nother world. So I really developed my appetite for reading men and, you know, I started reading voraciously. And as a result of that, I would, you know, I kept diary entries. I was really observant as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. So I found that just like, you know, watching people and the way they behaved and the way they reacted to things just really fascinated me. So I would write, you know, my diary entries. I would write little, I would write poems. I would like write little mini plays like in my teens. So I was always writing. I was always writing and reading. And then in my late teens, among, in, you know, in my early 20s, amongst a, a plethora of other random jobs, you know, I wrote for a black filmmakers magazine um, and I did some like freelance writing for other outlets as well. And it was right. at that point um, I was studying law at university. I thought I was going to become a lawyer because um, I loved L.A. law as a kid. Um, and me and my mother would watch L.A. law. And I, yeah. And I was I was like I had a massive crush on Blair Underwood. And, you know, I watched the lawyers there and I thought, you know, they were all really exciting. So I thought I was and I was quite argumentative and very sort of, um, you know, spunky as a teenager. And my mum would always say, yeah, you would be a really good lawyer because you always have lots to say and you're always arguing with me. So I studied <laughs> law and she said, you need somewhere to channel that energy. Uh-huh. You know, So I studied law um, at university, actually, like my first two semesters. But, you know, I found actually that it, it wasn't it wasn't really what I expected it to be. And I think that's because the units that we did, they were, they were not the sexy units. So they were, it wasn't like criminal law or, you know, mm-hmm. interesting law. It was like, TV type yeah, yeah, exactly. It was the boring British stuff. It was like court law and constitution. You know, I was falling asleep in the lectures, um, you know, but while all this was happening, of course I was loving um, reading books like Toni Morrison. Um, you know, I remember reading um, jazz and that, blew my mind I mean I'm a huge Toni Morrison fan but what she did um what she did with that book was incredible to me because she essentially documented black American life 
like so beautifully and so unapologetically, but also it was mimicking a musical genre, genre and I couldn't believe right. that she'd done that. She cre- what you've 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 crossed mediums with a book. <laughs> you've created yeah. no, how that was just insane. That, you know? I was like, yeah. how have you done that? I mean, I read that book over and over again, just like being genius. Like, it's ingenious, you know. So I was just mm-hmm. fascinated with her and started reading more of her work as well, you know, Bluest Eyes, Scylla, you know, all her, all her great um, works, but as well as other authors. And then I started, you know, sort so towards my late authors? 20s. There's so many. So, so many. So Chinua Chibe, I love, mm-hmm. um, who wrote mm-hmm. Things Fall Apart, um, yep. Amos Tutuola. Um, okay. I love his writing. He's a Nigerian writer who writes that, um, a bit, I mean, not exactly like me. I mean, we're different, but he's a weird writer. He writes weird <laughs> stuff. So <laughs> I really, I really like his, I really, oh my God, one of my favorite books, and I don't think she gets talked about enough, is um, The Women of Brewster Place by Gloria Gloria. Yeah, really? I don't know if you've okay, ever come across. No. Yes, of oh course, my God. Of devastating book I love that book so much and again another one of my favorite um writers that I don't think gets talked about much as maybe in America she does um Jay California Cooper the short mm-hmm. story yes. writer I, yes. I, I don't know yes. if you come, but her stories oh my god they're just so they're so beautiful and they're just the characters in them are just indelible I remember reading her book in the library and I just sat in the library, just completely engrossed in her stories. Um, so there's well, there are so many um, that, that I really like. So yeah, those are where just do a few. But where where do you write? Are you writing in your house in the bed? Are you going out in the park? And do you I, use I a mean, laptop? Do you use a laptop? So I pen and paper. I, I write with pen and paper. I'm oh, old school. Old so okay. I yeah, I write I write with pen and paper, and then I transfer what I've written to the laptop because I feel like going to the laptop is skipping a process for me. Like mm. I really like the connection of handwriting and my handwriting is absolutely terrible. Um, um, oh, my, yeah, my mother. Oh my God, thank God. Mine is too. Mine is too. It's just awful. It's just awful. We're not smart though, right? See, I know, people, right? You know? <laughs> this is it. This is it. Like my mother has the most exquisite handwriting and every time she looks at mine, she just absolutely shudders. She's like, I don't mm. know how, my child writes like this, but I'm like, it's okay, <laughs> you know, my writings mean something. Um, but so I write, <laughs> I write on paper and I write in bed. I write, I write first thing in the morning. So I write really early. I write 6am or 7am in the morning because okay. I feel like my, my brain is in a particular state of being half asleep and half awake. And that allows me to write the kind of surreal writing that I like to do because there's mm-hmm. something special I feel about writing before, just, the, just before the world is really waking up. It's a really yeah. magical space. So I love to mine it. So I, and I write in short bursts. I don't write for like six, seven hours. I'll write for like two, three hours um, when I'm working on something, um, maybe four times a week, uh, but okay. doing that consistently. And then it just builds and builds and builds because I find that you know, those short bursts of writing, um, the, the elasticity of it and the kind of excitement that you create, it, it just propels a certain momentum. So um, that's how I like to write. You know, I write, I write in bed. I'll write at my writing desk. I'm planning now on getting um, like a garden shed because I like the idea of writing at the bottom of the garden, um, you know, with really? like all the plants okay. and stuff. Yeah. So um, I'm going to get that just because – 
you know, space is really important, isn't it, in terms of yes. like writing and Creative feeding your writing. Create a space. Create a oh my God. space to create. And and we need Absolutely. that that, that um, energy is different than if you're sitting. You know, everybody's different, but you know, even for actors, um, musicians, they they need their space. It's away yes. from, you know, away from the other. Absolutely. Now, what, what, um, we were talking about this issue of um, race, but in your um, book, you also have this, in this particular story and some others, trauma and mental health. Um, yeah. Have you ever faced any traumas in your life, and how did you deal with them? Oh, well, yeah, like that, that's so much, so much trauma. I mean, I think what saved me really is the writing space um, mm-hmm. because that's, that's, I think also that's why a lot of my writing is about transformation because um, if I didn't have the writing space, you know, I was saying to somebody else that I'd probably be on drugs or, you know, wow. I don't know what, what else I would be doing if I didn't have it because it, it, it might sound cliche, but it is really a healing space, you know, to be able to take something incredibly painful and then make something beautiful out of it um, that impacts other people. Um, I think is a wonderful thing. So yeah. I've had a lot of trauma in my life. You know, I have a sister who has um, epilepsy and some other health conditions. And, mm. you know, we've spent so much time. We've practically lived in hospitals, um, you know, wow. the amount of time. I have, I have a niece that has epilepsy. I, I, yeah. I, she had to leave school um, and because of that, you know, and... Uh, oh, I'm so it, sorry. It's, it's tough, isn't because, it? Because, you know, everybody is different in terms of the amount of, you know, tax they have and things like that, you know. Absolutely. So, um, but Absolutely. everybody has something they're dealing with. I had another guest on just recently. Her mom had MS and Alzheimer's. So we all have something oh, going on. What about this COVID thing? I, like we were talking oh. about, this could be a story for your one of your next books because everything Well, I'm, well, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to like make you smile. So I okay, actually caught I actually I actually caught the coronavirus in April. What? And yeah, and it was it's the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. And to be honest, basically, I thought I was going to die because I was struggling with breathing for up to eight to nine hours a day. And oh my I went God. To the, I went to the hospital, my local hospital at least, four times, and they turned me away because... That's what was, happens to people. Was, That's what people yeah. telling these stories. They're being turned it's away crazy. because there's no beds or something. There's no beds. There's just no space. No, they couldn't take me in because basically the people who are in are the people that need to be on ventilators, you know. So you basically have to just hope to God. Um, you know, the doctor I saw on one occasion said, listen... You are on the mid to danger zone of this. I hope that you're going to get better, but you may not get better. But I'm hoping mm. you will get better. And mm. I remember just like I absolutely thought I was going to faint because, you know, a couple of weeks back I, I was absolutely fine. And then from nowhere I got this virus, which was just killing so many people, and it was just terrifying. So um, I had to self-isolate for about four weeks. And I had a battle of just over two and a half months to get well. It took me right. a long time to recover from it. And it, it was really tough. You know, I mean, this getting well was like a full-time job every day. But the miraculous thing is I managed to write another short story during the first couple of weeks of my illness. 
because I thought if if I don't if I don't recover from this, I want to at least leave one last story Something. behind. Yeah. And it makes me feel really emotional thinking about it now because it was a really scary time. You know, sometimes I wouldn't sleep at night because I was scared I wouldn't wake up because of my breathing problems. You know, I would just oh sit God. up watching yeah. watching stuff. So the pandemic, I mean, I've actually survived this corona. Um, and yeah, I'm seeing it's been I'm interesting glad that seeing you said the story. That story though, because you know, people there are people in America that don't believe there's they, they think that it's the liberal left that's making right. up this virus. But this no, 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 it's real virus. people, it's real guys. I can tell yes. you that for sure. It's like, not a joke. I, it's real. I had a doctor on. Three of her doctor friends in New York died. Oh from, my god! From it. And this one of the other lady I know, she knows four people. That in the place where she used to work that caught it. I don't know if they died or not, oh but I know God. she told me that four people she knew caught it. And it yeah. doesn't matter if you're black or white or Asian. It or really Indian. doesn't. It, 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 yeah. It's just like age. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And yeah. people, they don't want to wear masks. You know, it's please really wear your crazy. mask. Oh my God, please wear your mask. Now, you know what, Joy, as a result of having survived it, I really do not mess around. You know, mm-hmm. I wear my mask. Um, you know, I take, you know, my mother used to practically beg me to take vitamins to boost my immune system for years. Right. And I just ignored her because I was like, oh, I'm a fit person. I, I don't need <laughs> to worry about that. Right. And then a pandemic happens and then I catch the bloody thing. So, you know, I have been taking my vitamins. I've been boosting my immune system. You know, I'm not messing around. I'm taking my vitamin D's, I'm taking, you know, my zinc, I'm taking, like, my omega fish oil, uh, my black seed oil tablets, uh, because all of this is really good for your immune system um, and helps just, like, boost it, you know, so Mm -hmm. uh, I I just, I've learned that lesson, not that, of course, you don't, no one deserves to catch it, but it's really made me think, you just don't, nothing is promised to anybody, you know, there are are young people dying. Exactly. There's young people. And even with all of that, you know, it's crazy in the world that somebody could have not, have not have it one day. Go get tested on Monday and then on Wednesday yeah. have it. So you can yeah, it's do wild. best, but don't get like uh, OCD. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't get OCD, yeah. but I mean, you had it. So I know you might be a little OCD right now because you oh my God. get it again. I but, just um, never want to get it again. I mean, I'm 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 le- I'm less neurotic than I was, say, like a month ago. Because right. when I when I realized that I was well, you know, for a while I was really paranoid that is my is my recovery actually real? You know, I was walking mm-hmm. around feeling like no, something I'm probably going to collapse any minute, or you know, the sort of aftermath of it. I couldn't quite believe that I survived this horrific thing. Yeah. Um, so I was just like very neurotic about making sure I catch it again and you know I was very paranoid about leaving the house um, wow. and you know going okay. outside again was like a major thing because I because for a while I was like well where did I get it how did I get it you know you become obsessed by mm-hmm. sort of tiny mm-hmm. things or I, trying I to imagine. retrace yeah trying to retrace your your steps of how you got it and who you could have possibly got it from you know so for a while it was just comp- it was crazy and I of course for ages I didn't watch the news I didn't watch the news at all while I was trying to get well so for about you know, two and a half months, I avoided watching the news because it was all terrible. Yeah, that's and really, the news, really, talking about trauma, I feel like the news is that I, I don't, I don't watch the news. I kind of purposely go on to online yeah, yeah, New York Times. Good. Like, I make yeah, my choices. Yeah, you can manage it. And when yeah. I go places, people are like, oh, my God, did you see, oh, my, and I'm like, no, I didn't see it. Nope. <laughs> They're like, yeah. you didn't see it. Yeah. 
you know, and then, you know, racial, racial things, and we were talking about race before the show started as well, and the lots of horrible racial things in Mexico oh, the numbers. going on oh, right now. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's, it's like horrific. I can't keep watching these videos because I will get sick. Well, it's traumatizing yourself, right. you know. It's exactly. just There's only so much the body can take, and I think the normalization, the proliferation of black bodies, black people being harmed is now normalized, and it's, it's horrible. You know, even from across the ponds, we see those images, you know, and sometimes you have to kind of make an active choice to say, actually today, you know, I don't want to look at that as painful as it is. Like uh, my mental well-being is already sort of, you know, you have to read one of your books. That's what you have to do, people. (laughs) If you don't want to watch the news, you need to read one of her books and that will help you. (laughs) Go to another I place. You're going to so. go to several universes and, yes. and crazy. You know, you're going to see absolutely that you've never seen. Um, I'm going to be giving <laughs> away a copy of your book, Arenasen, um to the Wonderful. audience. So um, I want to encourage everybody to to follow on social media. And your website is Arenasen, um, Okoji.com. You have some cool yeah. things on there. Real quick, one of the things you have I thought was really nice was the scribblings. The, the scribblings yes, are crazy. Like to do that. Yeah, one of them is yeah because, it's like an introduction into my head. <laughs> right, right. Okay, one of them real quick. It says, babies on the garden trampoline reach for their future selves between leaps. That's just the first yeah. one. That's a light one. And then it goes down. It gets a little heavy. She's trying to be nice to you with that one. But um, anyway, yeah. we, we have to get off the now. And um, I want to thank you again for, you know, coming on the show. Oh, thank you show. so much. It's a pleasure. And, um, Such a joy I, to I talk to you. Oh, it was great. I, I mean, I, I loved it, and it, it took my mind away from all this crazy stuff. See? I'm so glad. <laughs> all right. Well, you have a lovely evening because you're already you too, Joy. And I will talk yes. to you soon, okay? Yes, hope to speak to you soon. Thanks very much for okay. having me, Joy. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I'm going to be giving away a copy, so follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Again, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys on Facebook and Saturdays with Joy Keys on Instagram. Uh, again, you can, you can listen to the show on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and here at Blog Talk Radio. You guys have a wonderful uh, afternoon, and I'm going to be doing another show uh, in a minute, um, so you can stay tuned for that at 1130. Thank you. Bye-bye.